So you want to be confident? I hate videos that say like that. But really, guys, I thought of everything imaginable. That is all I could come up with. So that's how I'm going to start my video. You guys want to learn about confidence? Hello, everybody. It's Farah, the Hippier Podcast, also known as Uncomfortable Truth. Today, I'm going to be making you so uncomfortable. That is the goal. Well, that has always been the goal, like forever and ever. And it will always be the goal. Some people in the comment section are always like, what you said made me uncomfortable. I'm like, wow, I'm so glad you reached that conclusion. Read the title of this podcast. And it doesn't take two brain cells to figure out why that is. Okay. Uh, but no, really, I want to make you like, like shaking in your chair. Not in that way, but you, you get the gist. So today we're going to be talking about confidence. Now you might be thinking, what type of... Yes. Yes, I have confidence in the fact that I can speak. What confidence can I learn from this vase? First of all, that's a very good resemblance that you picked up. I do look like a China vase. It was intentional. Second of all, okay, it's exactly the fact that I show up like this and speak the way that I speak that signifies just how much confidence I have. Now, the question is, is it misplaced confidence? You know, confidence that was put in the wrong arena? Maybe, you know, but I haven't. Like, that's all that matters. But today, more than anything, honestly, I'm here to give you a different perspective of confidence because I don't know about you guys, but when I come on YouTube and I search up confidence, how to gain confidence, how to build up your confidence, it's very superficial stuff. It doesn't really go that deep. It's all like work on things that you're good at, uh, build up your habits, and go to the gym and exercise, uh, yada, yada, yada. And all is good, right? I mean, that is part of the truth, part of what constitutes, you know, building confidence. But that's a very small part of the picture. In my opinion, that's kind of like the extra stuff that you do at the top. I think that confidence comes in two forms. There's external confidence and there's internal confidence. Now I'm going to be talking about that a little bit more deeply later in this episode. But first of all, let's get some misconceptions out of the way. Okay. First of all, the loudest person in the room does not signify confidence. And I know it's ironic because I'm loud, but I'm just saying in general, we often associate like the loudest person in the room or the person that's like dressed in this like really daring fashion to be like the most confident, daring person in the room. Like they have the most confidence. They're brave enough to do what they do. But like that's, people attribute it like a, they're a symbol of confidence. You could say, they radiate confidence, they have confidence, sure, but they're not a symbol of it. And like we often misassociate that or disassociate, misassociate. Guys, uh, imagine I said that correctly. I have the confidence that you can imagine that. What I'm trying to get at is I think we have this skewed image of confidence that, that it's really just an outside thing. It, you show it on the outside and you see people having it 
purely on the outside. But I'm here to argue that there is such a thing as modest confidence. Confidence that doesn't scream like, look at me, even though I do that sometimes. It's more so confidence that's like so instilled in a person that they don't even have to prove it to anybody, but everyone knows that that person is confident or that person is like really well situated within themselves. They're very comfortable within themselves. You know, they're comfortable being who they are. That is what the modest kind of confidence is. They don't have to prove it to anybody. It screams on its own without them having to do the screaming. And this kind of confidence that I'm talking about isn't even about confidence. Now, this is going to shake your world. Um, no, it's not. But I wanted to make this video about confidence, and I was. I was literally researching about confidence. I was like, confidence. But, like, the more I dug deep, and the more I read and, and saw and heard and listened, the more I started to understand that the conversation was never about confidence. Confidence is like a part of the picture, but it really was never about confidence. Or I guess the confidence that we kind of discuss or we think of when we talk about confidence, you know, that like calm, that reassuredness in yourself being like really comfortable in who you are, it was never about confidence. I think it was more about self-esteem this entire time. And of course, no one's going to tell you that, that the base underlayer and like the fundamental foundational structure and it's like integral to confidence is your self-esteem. And we brush off self-esteem like, like, Self-esteem, yeah, whatever, but confidence. Confidence is like 1% of the picture. Self-esteem is where the juice is at, guys. And I'm going to be talking about self-esteem today in hopes that you understand the link between self-esteem and confidence because they're, they're almost like interdependent. I wouldn't say, I would rather say confidence is dependent on your self-esteem. Now, as much as we like to talk about confidence and self-esteem and like this picture of the inner workings of the human being and like our psyche and everything, I think there's something that we miss a lot. And we don't talk about this side of things because it's almost like contentious. And it's like personal. We don't like to get into people's business when we talk about this. Now, like I said before, there's internal confidence and there's external confidence. Now, I wanted to touch on external confidence and what that means. I rudely got interrupted by a special guest. Same yeah. Yeah, that works too. I think there's a whole separate field, this whole separate arena of the conversation that we don't even touch on. And well, we touch on, but we don't know that it's connected. And that is external confidence. The confidence and the trust that you place on an external entity. Something outside of yourself. Some people call it God. Some people call it themselves. Some people think that they themselves are all they need. And that's like, that's a very common way of thinking. With, I wouldn't say 
necessarily atheists, but like that is a general way of thinking that you are in control of things. Some people call it the universe, whatever it is, but that there is supposed to be confidence and trust placed on something that you are not capable of changing or you're not in charge of. Because at the end of the day, there's 8 billion people with free will. Free will to do whatever they want, whatever they please. Of course, there are certain obligations in place and human trust and loyalty, loyalty codes in place. But like, at the end of the day, probability and statistically speaking, there has to be an external entity. And we have to place trust in it because if there's that many people and things haven't gone haywire, it's because something is in place to keep it from going haywire and you have trust in that. And I think this idea ties back to a video I made a long time ago titled, What is meant for you will find you. And this is the kind of confidence that you know for a fact that everything happens for a reason and nothing is just random. Because if everything was just random, your sense of purpose is going to be a little bit shaky. It's going to be hard to navigate with purpose and with a, with a calm that everything is going to be fine. It's like this external confidence is kind of to assure yourself that everything is okay, even if it isn't. But like your brain won't really function all that well if it doesn't feel like everything is okay. It's going to be like overworked or exhausted trying to take into account every single thing that could go wrong. Unless you just tell it everything is okay. Everything is fine. Everything is taken care of. But you're not the one in charge of that. And so I think this external confidence is what a lot of people miss when they want to talk about confidence. And it's even when you do something that was not planned, but that it had a purpose. You have confidence that what happened had a purpose and that it serves you. It doesn't necessarily have to be the case, but you can go far if you convince yourself that way. You know, and it's not really a fake it till you make it thing. It's more like when you're confident in yourself and you're also confident about the external entity that you place your trust on, these two come together, you feel like you can do practically anything. And I'm not going to see her and tell you, you're going to be unstoppable. No, we have our human limits, unfortunately. I tried. But, but it's just combining these two, I think, is what makes you almost truly, in a way, in a way, unstoppable. Because for me personally, if I, if I didn't have Islam, if I wasn't Muslim, if I didn't know about a creator, the creator, Allah, and I didn't know about his you know, perfect names and attributes, and I didn't know who Allah was and why we're here, I'd have a hard time figuring out why my inside would be the same why my confidence would even breed on the inside like like where would i even get that confidence from it's almost like i take my confidence from the fact that everything is going to be okay and then i am set to do whatever i want to do or whatever i feel like i have to do or i'm called to do it almost feels like it's no longer something i want to do it's like a responsibility 
Like, for example, this podcast. I can talk about how much I wanted to make this podcast. Like, it was something I wanted to do. But to me, it, it wasn't always like a hobby sort of thing in my brain. It was more like a calling. Like, in my head, there was this idea that kept saying, this is a responsibility. You know? And so when I hear this voice in my head saying, this is a responsibility, and this is also a gift, and this is also an opportunity, it's like, okay, I need to be the kind of person that is able and capable for the job, you know? And that inside is like what prepared me. So it was never about confidence. It's not like I'm going to be confident. It's like, no, I have to do this thing. I'm sorry if I'm going all over the place, but this is this is a, actually kind of a complex idea that I'm trying to deliver. Like, I don't think I'm doing an amazing job at it, like t- trying to tell you exactly what I mean. But at the end of the day, what is meant for you will find you is kind of the exact phrasing that encapsulates everything that I'm trying to say. This podcast was meant for me all along, and I have trust in that. I'm confident that that is the case. So by default, in a way, I'm confident that I'm up for the task. I'm up for the job. You know, if I wasn't sure, if I didn't feel like, if if I felt like there was some kind of imposter syndrome, like, why would I have a podcast? You know, everyone can have a podcast. It doesn't even matter. You know, if I had that way of thinking and is my podcast even going to be successful? Is it going to reach people? Are people actually going to listen? I'm going to be like shaky in the way that I deliver my messages. I'm not going to be confident. I'm going to be second guessing everything I say. But because I feel like this podcast was meant for me, from the day I was born, it was written for me. Farah is going to have a podcast on this day. From this day to this day, I'm confident that this was meant for me all along. So I'm going to deliver it the best way that I can. And I actually touched on something that I really wanted to explore even further. I accidentally tunneled my way into the conversation of imposter syndrome. I'm not mad about that. And the thing I wanted to say about imposter syndrome, it's more like the attitude of fake it till you make it. Now, we know the phrase fake it till you make it. We been new. Okay, we hear that phrase all the time. And I mean, I'm not going to sit here and argue that's a bad way of thinking. I think it has its place. I think it has its place. The thing is, sometimes we feel like we are not deserving we feel like we're we're imposters, like imposter syndrome. We feel like we kind of faked it a little too hard, right? But there, it has its place in the sense that you can use it only for yourself. Because you're not trying to convince others. You're not faking it in front of others. You're almost trying to convince yourself in a way. So I think the phrase in and of itself is actually not that good. It, it needs to be tweaked a little bit. But what it gets at is kind of act like you are it before you are it. And what, one of the best examples I can give you is in training in the gym. If you want to train like an athlete and you're not an athlete, you're like a freaking couch potato and you're like, I want to be an athlete, you have to fake it at some point. You At the start, you have to make yourself think that you're an athlete really even though you can barely do a push-up 
and you can touch you can't touch your toes while standing that's okay but if you want to become an athlete in your head you put you right you burn into your brain i am an athlete and you could be 300 pounds it's not a problem it's okay you know but you put in your head i am an athlete i'm an athlete and you actually do the things that athletes do granted that you're actually doing it you know healthily and everything but like you actually put the work in see that's what they call fake it till you make it but you're not actually faking it you you're just you're starting out you don't look like how you want to look like that's fine you're not training how you want to be training like you know you're training at a little bit of a lower intensity but that's just because you are how you are right now but this whole game of putting in your head i am already this thing it just it it takes you miles further without you even actually trying obviously granted that you're putting the work in like again i'm literally i'm gonna take it back to this podcast 24 7 because i because at some point i thought that i wasn't supposed to have a podcast I was like, why me of all people should I have a podcast? But I realized this podcast was bigger than me. Like I'm, a, I'm part of a bigger picture. It's, it's, it wasn't about the podcast. You know what I mean? My thinking was a little bit skewed. But when I started podcasting, you know, I wasn't sure. I was like hesitant. But when I put in my brain, I'm like, I'm a podcaster. I podcast. This is what I do. My brain immediately switches like, okay, let's be conversational. We can do this. It's you, it's not lying to yourself per se. It's just telling yourself you are something and then doing exactly what those types of people do. You know, like I am a nutritionist. No, that's a bad example. Don't do that. Don't do that. I tried counting macros. That's not fun. But you get what I'm trying to say. I'm an athlete. You go train like an athlete. I'm an architect. You go drop a really bad picture of a house. I <laughs> Okay, it works in some things and not in others. But you I hopefully get what I'm trying to say. Moving on. Now I want to talk about internal confidence. Now, I'm not going to be talking about confidence. I said that before. I'm going to be talking about self-esteem. And here's the one thing that I learned that I didn't know. Or I guess I didn't think about too much. In Arabic, self-esteem is called taqdeer al-dhat. Taqdeer al-dhat. And that is almost like yourself, right? Self coming from self-esteem. And esteem is what you hold something, is when you hold something in high regard. Um, But in Arabic, I think it is said a lot more neatly. It encapsulates a lot more, and it's taqdeer. Taqdeer al-dhat. Taqdeer means giving value to the value of so if you translate it directly it's like the value of the self and that's so much nicer than self-esteem self-esteem in essence i read this from a book somewhere i'll tell you guys the definition and then i'll tell you what i think so i read yesterday that self-esteem is a dynamic subjective event rather than any static tangible thing that can be directly and easily observed and measured. This is by Gail Lindenfield, I'm guessing, UK, from a book that I read yesterday, literally titled Self-Esteem. That was the title, really. Cut to the chase, you know. She's not playing games. 
but I really like that definition. I love it. But as much as I love it, I think just the word in Arabic itself speaks more. It's like it talks about self-esteem in far more volumes and far more depth just by the word in Arabic, taqdeer that the value that you place on the self. Now that goes to say, how do you value yourself? What do you think about yourself? Let me be the person to say, and this, I don't know if it's going to make you uncomfortable, but is important for you to ponder. And it's the fact that what you think about yourself is like one of the most important things that you have to address. If you're going to address self-esteem, if you're going to address the the value of yourself and what you contribute and even who you are, but what you think about yourself is almost directly associated with your quality of life. Because if you don't think nicely about yourself, if you talk bad to yourself, if you... If you don't hold yourself in that high regard and you don't respect yourself and you think you can respect people, that's okay. But when you're with yourself, you're honest and you're brutal and you're cruel. If you think you can do that, then you're abusing yourself. This is called self-abuse. You're hurting yourself and you're kind of like making your home. Your home is your body, an abusive home. It's like an abusive household, but you are the household. That's why self-talk and, you know, this, I guess, rising popularity of self-love. But, you know, we don't, I don't think, have the right image of self-love. Self-love, guys, is not spending $300 on skincare routines and stuff, okay? That's not what self-love is. <laughs> self-love is really, it's deep internal work that's, that will make you cry sometimes, okay? That will leave you a little bit confused and, and you have your wounds exposed and open, and, but you have to heal them. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, 
and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. That's what self-love is, is actually doing the work to heal those wounds. But it's, it's a process because you first need to identify what the wounds are. And then you have to know what is the best way to heal those wounds. And then you have to put the time and effort in to heal those wounds, which can take up to months and years for some people, depending on what the wound even is and who the person is. It's like, that's what self-love is, is literally showing up for yourself. And that's directly associated with how you think about yourself and how you talk to yourself. And I know this is all hippy-dippy sometimes, you know. Me personally, when I used to listen to this stuff, when I used to hear this stuff, people talking about self-talk and self-love and self-respect and all of that, I was like, that's really stupid. (laughs) That's dumb. It's not like it's dumb. I'm just like, that's hippy-dippy, and I'm not playing with that stuff. That's just like... It's it's too romanticized for me. You know what I mean? That's because they did romanticize it. But I think that when you understand the true essence of it, when you understand the importance of it, because at the end of the day, who do you have? Yourself. Yes, you can have all of these people, but you really, in essence, you have yourself. I mean, for us Muslims, we have a lot. You know, we we know that we're not alone. You know, but for for everybody in general, if we're going to speak in general terms. At the end of the day, you only have yourself. And so if you only have yourself, who are you spending your time with, with yourself? Who is that person that you're, you know, sitting with when you're by yourself? You know, so that's why, in a way, and this is going to sound really sad, but you have to find a way to be your own best friend. Like, you can talk to yourself. You can think, like, you know, ambitious things with yourself and be encouraging within yourself. Like, you are a self-feeding system, you know, with a positive feedback loop. Like, you can do it on your own. Obviously, people are there and they can help you and everything. And that's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing to have these relationships with people because you can make something way bigger and something much more creative and outside of what you imagined. But at the end of the day, you do have to be self-reliant. That is what a person with high self-esteem is, is that they're self-reliant. They trust themselves. They can depend on themselves. They know that they will be there for themselves. They're not going to let people step over them and put themselves aside for other people. No. If they need something, if, if they are in desperate need of something, they will do the uncomfortable task of canceling things to show up for themselves. And that's not selfishness. So many times I see people correlating that with selfishness, like showing up for yourself is being selfish. Why do they tell us to put the mask on first in the airplane before putting it on our freaking child? 
which is our like our most prized possession. Now, I'm not saying children are possessions, but why do they tell us to put the mask on ourselves first? Because if you don't help yourself first, how are you going to help people? And it's a really harsh truth, and I, I hate to be the one to say it. And it's honestly, it's when you say it, it doesn't feel the same as having experienced it. But when you're hurting and you're trying to help other people, you're like, you're like an empty bag. Like you can, you can barely scroll through anything to offer to the person because you don't offer yourself anything. Like what are you going to give them? You have to give yourself something first to actually know how to give them, how to help them. And I think people sometimes try to cap that by by finding ways to escape, like being in relationships or being in certain friendships or wasting their life, you know, watching TV shows and movies because they just want to escape. They don't want to face that, that they have to help themselves and they have to really hurt to do that. They have to suffer a little bit to do that, to get the job done. But the problem is if you don't do it and you put it off and you do these forms of escape, you end up hurting people, not just yourself, especially if it involves other people like relationships, you end up hurting people, not just yourself. Opposite of when you try to help yourself and then you are able to help people. It all starts with yourself. But like I said before, it's also the external factor that you know what is meant for you will find you. You know that everything happens for a reason, but then you also, in in Arabic, it's called asbab. You follow the procedures, you follow everything that you can do within your capacity to get the job done, to get the healing done, to work on yourself and, and build yourself. Because... Because once you start doing that, you actually start attracting that. And then you're no longer just helping others. People start helping you. But in ways you never imagined. And it's it doesn't get more beautiful than that, by the way. Because when you're trying to build yourself and you find other people building themselves. And then you start to build yourself together. Like that not only, by the way, breeds confidence, like it builds your confidence like nothing else, but like it's just one of the most beautiful things that like a human society can do. Now, when I was reading this book yesterday, the one literally titled Self-Esteem, that's it, that was the title. It was talking about characteristics of people with high self-esteem. And I find I, I found it fascinating because I thought that you know, people differ. Not everyone is the same. That's true. But I think it really does come to show that self-esteem is, is like the, is like a truth. It's like a, a thing, a one-of-a-kind thing that people share, you know. And it like shows up differently in people. But it also brings out the same traits. You know, like a person with high self-esteem is not agitated, they're not anxious. They're not impatient. You like they're not jittery and, and they 
they're uncomfortable. Like when we picture self-esteem, high self-esteem, a person who values themselves, we don't picture that. We picture someone who's calm, someone who is self-assured, someone who is assertive, someone who is who, who cares about their well-being, who eats well, sleeps well, exercises, who meditates or prays, who who cares about their internal alignment, you know, their body, mind, and spirit. They actually take care of these things. We think about all of these aspects because we think of essentially a person that is healthy. So, yeah, I would say that self-esteem does show up differently in, in different people, but, like, it, in the end, it's the same thing. It, sh- it, like, radiates the same way in people. And not only that, it's not even about the person with high self-esteem, but it's also about how people around a person with high self-esteem, how they feel, you know. People usually feel calm around a person with high self-esteem. They feel calm, they feel safe, they feel stimulated, like they don't feel judged in any way. They feel like they're being listened to, they're valued, because at the end of the day, a person with a high self-esteem like I said before, in Arabic, it's تقدير that placing value on the self. But also, in turn, you're not just placing value on yourself. You're placing value on other people too. You're respecting yourself as much as you respect other people. You know, that self-talk tr- starts to translate into how you even talk to other people. Because if your self-talk is negative, expect it to come out on a person negatively at some point. You're intimate with someone and you like let out a really hurtful comment to them expect that to happen if you do that to yourself whereas vice versa if you talk really kindly and nicely to yourself that's all you have to offer to people because you already offer that to yourself now i talked about the characteristics of people with high self-esteem and how others feel around a person with high self-esteem but i also wanted to talk about why personally i think that we are in i was gonna say a confidence epidemic but if anything it's a self-esteem epidemic in generation z now generation z takes the hit for everything honestly we insult ourselves more than people insult us at this point like we're just you know we're just chilling vibing but we're also trying to survive (laughs) but like we're we're doing fine we're doing great but also we have something that not many generations had and that is the beauty of social media okay social media i don't want to be the grandma but i think is the root problem of most things no no look social media has its perks okay i think like anything it has its advantages and disadvantages i think it could be a beautiful thing like for example i can't be doing any of this without social media so like at the end of the day, it has a lot of good to offer. But then some people use it for destructive purposes. <laughs> but unknowingly so. They don't go on it intentionally saying, I'm going to use this destructively to abuse myself. No one thinks like that, hopefully. Okay, not many people think like that, I should say. Unfortunately, when we don't cultivate our feed strategically, when we don't 
think about the little pieces of content that we're consuming, it can start to build up and start to make its way into our brains and comparisons can start to take place. And so then we're just like, we're like, why do I feel like this? Why do I feel so incompetent? Why do I feel so ugly? Why do I feel like I'm not doing enough? Why do I feel like I'm not a good Muslim? Why do I feel like I'm not a good student? Why do I feel like I'm very unathletic? Why do I feel like a couch potato, even though I haven't laid on the couch for a month? Why, are we, why do I feel like this? There's so many freaking questions that start to pop up because what we're seeing is like the highlight. And it's not even necessarily the highlight. We're just seeing other people leading different lives. I don't like to say it's like the highlight reel, you know, everyone posting their best. No, right now people are starting to post their mediocre posts and their even, you know, posts weak, highlighting their weaknesses. And I like that, but it's not even about that. Let them post their highlights. It doesn't even matter. It's how you choose to interpret it. If how you choose to interpret it is this is how I should be and this is the standard, this is the ideal, I have to be like this. It's like, why do you even think like that to begin with? <laughs> there are deeper issues, love. Okay, if that's how you're thinking. No, but if comparisons are taking place, you probably were compared at a younger age. I mean, I don't want to be the person to say childhood trauma, right? Trauma, by the way, is a very polarizing term. It's like that term that either brings people in or really drives people away. And I used to be the kind of person that used to be driven away by the word trauma. Because I was like, guys, get over yourselves. Stop it with the freaking trauma. You know, like, go get help. But as I honestly go further in this life, the more I realize people have different backgrounds and people had different childhoods and the way they were brought up is just different. And so it's not my place to say, guys, get over yourselves. (laughs) It's not. It really isn't. But I think we have to meet in the middle to understand where this trauma is even coming from. You know what I mean? Being compared a lot when you're a child really does a number on your brain. And especially when you have social media and you have access to all of these ideals, these ideal figures and people and personalities and personas and whatever, you're constantly comparing yourself in your brain and you don't even realize it. And here's the thing. When I go on social media, and well, let's talk about before, when I used to go on social media and I used to see all of these people that were just like at their best, you know, it wasn't enough to say that, no, it's okay, I have confidence in myself, I don't feel anything from that post. No, that to me that wasn't enough, like I will still be comparing myself in my head, you know, I'll be looking at the pictures and videos and I'll be like, yeah, but it's okay. It's all good. But now I realize it, literally 50% of the equation was missing. Because it's not just that I'm looking at them and saying, it's okay, I have confidence in myself. It's no. I'm looking at them and I'm like, what is meant for them is for them. What is meant for me is for me. And I'm really happy for them. So it's when I started including that external confidence in the conversation that I started realizing that I'm not even like, I'm not even in need of what they have. Like I'm confident in everything that I am and everything that I can do and everything that I 
you know, am as a whole person. But I'm also confident that they have what they have for a reason. So I'm not going to sit here and whine and like ask why I'm not like this. Like, it's just when you understand how external confidence comes into play too, literally the narrative changes. You start being happy for people regardless. Like, it doesn't matter if they have everything. You're happy for them. You're confident in yourself still. Like, it doesn't matter. You're not burning on the inside like, why am I not like this? Why don't I have this? Why can't I do this? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because they have what they have for a reason. And I have what I have for a reason. And I will work on myself and I will do what I can to get what I can. And it will all be for a reason. And I think that's the most beautiful, unused part of the conversation. We can talk about self-confidence and how you feel on the inside. But then you have to understand that there's 8 billion people in the world. And we're all just part of a much bigger picture. Like honestly, every time I talk about anything, let it be confidence, let it be whatever. But... I just come back to the same truth and it's that we are so tiny and we're so cute and we're <laughs> we're like so insignificant and dude Jupiter can just squash us. You know, Saturn can just wipe us off the face of the planet. The sun is literally boiling hot and we're getting closer to it all the time. Isn't that crazy? I don't I love how that has nothing to do with the conversation, but whoa, that really has nothing to do with the conversation. But that's where my brain went. That's where my brain goes all the time. Confidence is 1% of the equation. And it's just like, I think a lot of people thought about it, about it so wrong for the longest time. Like, it's not something you wear like a mask. Confidence is not something that you put on and you go out and you use it on people <laughs> like i have confidence stay away you know confidence is realizing well like we're all one and the same like we all have a purpose we all have our own thing we're all leading our own lives and we all have a calling we all have our own way to go about things and it's trusting yourself and trusting others too trusting yourself in the way that you can accomplish what you want to do and what you think you have a responsibility to do. And then trusting that other people have the same. Other people are doing what they need to do. And I I don't know. It's just like so nice when you put it into that perspective of everyone is here for a reason. Everyone is doing what they're doing for a reason. It always goes back to that truth. Everything happens for a reason, you know. And what is meant for you will find you. Whoa, that was intense, guys. I might cap it off here, actually. I want to do a semi-part two, you could say. It's not a part two. It's more just like delving deeper into the concept of confidence. Because I went a lot into self-esteem. But I think that's what I wanted to get at. Self-esteem is such an underrated part of the picture. And it's a much bigger part of the picture. You know... In a way, confidence, people think, is a means to the end. Now, I was explaining this to a friend. What is a means to the end? It's like using something as a tool to get to the destination. 
And people think that is what confidence is. You use it to go up the ladder. But it was never like that. And, and if anything, that's what you call is false confidence. That's a mask that you're putting on to get to the top. Call it fake till you make it, call it whatever you want. But that's not confidence. Confidence is the destination itself, but it's not even the whole destination. It's like 1% of the destination. It was never a means to the end. It was just always a part of the end. And you have to kind of work on your self-esteem and how you think about yourself and and like all of that healing and everything that is a means to the end figuring out who you even are figuring out what you stand for your values your core values and beliefs and and your boundaries oh your boundaries i didn't even get into that oh i have so much to say about that i'll say i'll say it all in a different video because the boundaries in particular i think is a much bigger topic that oh my god i have so much to talk about Ugh. anyway guys i have confidence in the fact that you guys understood everything that i said today of course it is a little bit shaky confidence but the confidence is there kind of so i'm gonna cut it off here and you guys tell me what you think about the whole idea of internal confidence and external confidence because in a way, you know, I think they're related, but like sometimes they, they, they're portrayed as worlds apart. Like what does believing in an external entity have anything to do with your confidence, you know? But I really, once you start to think about those two in, in a setting where confidence is needed, it's like it all starts to click. Like if you're giving a presentation and you're you're nervous, you know, but like you have trust in yourself on the inside. I feel like that's not enough. Like you need to trust like what is happening is happening and everything is going to unfold how it unfolds, whether you like it or not. If you end up puking, it's like you have to accept the fact that you puked in front of the entire board, the board meeting, you know, and that's, that's the whole part of external confidence is like, you're confident that that happened for a reason. You're not kicking yourself about it. Like, oh, why did I do that? Why why did that happen? No, you're confident. You're like, yeah, I puked. What about it? <laughs> it's just like, you know, because being on that side of the conversation, being accepting of it, accepting things as they are, and not killing yourself to change the circumstances, that's just like takes off such a load off your back and makes you focus on what's actually important and what is in your control you know yeah that's great i love the conversation that we had guys that was amazing the one conversation with one person talking to themselves in a room that is echoey okay i'm gonna go now and i hope you guys enjoyed this topic oh my god i could talk about this topic forever but but I tried to keep it short, but I think I did literally go everywhere. But I have confidence in the fact that you guys can understand everything that I said. Okay, I'm going to see you in the next episode. And until then, you have an amazing day. Bye-bye.